we are going to try to do something a little different this morning where it has more of a living room family feel. And, uh, and all sit up here together. Um, we really want to, uh, we were hoping that all of us could be here. George is, is sick today. Um, and George, I know you're probably watching online. We love you, buddy. Wish you were here. I want to pray. You know, it seems like the plague is going around this time of year again. Um, let's just pray for that. I know we got a number of folks in, uh, in our church family that are not feeling well. Lord, right now, we just come before you. We thank you that you are the God who heals. And Lord, right now, we ask that you would heal all sickness. Lord, that is just coming into many in our church family. Uh, we ask that you would bring relief and healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, gang. Well, we're going to start out with a little Bible verse here. Psalm 111, 2 and 3. This is the only Bible verse we're going to cover the entire message, which is, I mean, talk about starting off 2024 with a miracle. <laughs> the works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them, and his work is honorable and glorious, his righteousness endures forever. Now, what's interesting about this particular psalm is it is a recalling of what the Lord has done. So it's actually the psalmist looking back, watching the progression of, of the people of Israel coming under the leadership of God, coming out of Egypt, or even before that, how the Lord brought them to Egypt to protect them during the famine, brought them out of Egypt, um, brought them through the wilderness, brought them into the promised land. The psalm was written as they were enjoying peace on all sides under the rulership of David, right, or under Solomon. So it's, it's this looking back and saying, people, the works of the Lord are great. And I want you to look back, and it says, look, they studied by all who have pleasure in them. Just actually taking a minute to look at what God has done and and think about it, meditate on it, and, and allow it to touch your heart. And so, with that being said, our heart posture this morning, as we present celebration service, isn't look what restoration has done, it's look at what God has done. And with that being in mind, I want to kind of give this little, I mean, paradigm or a lens to view that through. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he taught us that in our desire to follow God's leadership, direction, we only hear and see in part through faith. In other words, it would be wrong of us to say everything that's happened at restoration and every little detail is divine. It's 100% God. Rather, we say, we see through the eyes of faith, we believe in the, the broad picture of how the Lord has led us, and we are responding in faith to these various things. And I say that because I don't want you guys to think, you know, we're going to talk about how, you know, we moved into a, a greater shared leadership paradigm here, and every detail of that is God-ordained. I don't know that, but what I do know clearly is that the Lord has led us into a greater measure of shared leadership and restoration. God has led us into that. How we've done it, 
that's probably a little bit of us, a little bit of wisdom from the outside, a little bit of the Spirit. You know what I mean? It's that faith moving forward saying, Lord, we know you're leading us in this. We're saying yes to it. So I just want to give that disclaimer um, that I don't want you guys to think that we are saying that every detail or aspect of these things has been God's idea. But we do believe that in the broad outline, I love how Paul says, when we're talking about God's leadership in this age, we see through a mirror dimly. In other words, we gaze at this reflection, and we can see if the lights were down, we can see this outline of Justin, but you guys don't know how huge my nose is, right? It's too dark. You can't tell how bald I am. But details of my face, you can't see. And actually, I'm proud of my, my nose. But it is a feature, right? It's a feature of my face. My baldness is a feature. But in looking through a mirror dimly, you couldn't see that. You couldn't see the color of my eyes. You couldn't see if my teeth are straight, right? But you can see this person. And so in the same way, that, that's what we're talking about today. So number one, and this is in no order, just as we've kind of looked at the year and want to kind of take a minute and talk about each thing and celebrate it, leadership restructuring. So the vision of shared leadership, this expression, is one that God has been leading this particular church family in, in for years I remember stepping on the elder team underneath Al and him bringing this to the elder team month after month and just saying, the Lord wants us to do shared leadership. The Lord wants this to be elder-led. The Lord, you know, and, and this, is, you know, this is something that has been growing um, through the years. Let's go ahead and flip the page. In the beginning, well, so what we are saying is we've crossed a distinct threshold in this moving towards a greater shared leadership expression in 2023. We've crossed a very distinct threshold. Um, and this actually started in December of 2022. And, I, and people bring this up. How many of you are here when Jim Stern came, our oversight guy, December 4th? He gave a word that restoration is in the fog, but he's calling them up higher to clarity. And then after that meeting, one of the things that happened is we had a strategy meeting with Jim, just the elders and Jim at Two Chicks and a Hippie, anointed place, by the way, to hear from the Lord and eat great pancakes. Um, And it was a common discussion. Jim's been an oversight guy for us for six, seven, eight, I don't even know, years And he's just like, guys, we're going to revisit this same discussion of shared leadership that we've been in for a long time. But I am telling you that it's time to make a distinct change and stop talking. We got to do something more than just talk about this repeated desire. And during this meeting, we decided together that a major governmental organizational shift needed to be put in place in order for us to walk out a clearer and greater expression of shared leadership. Okay, that was December 4th, 2022. The process of that has been a year in the making, or, yeah, more than that. So how this process went is we came into the spring of 2023 saying the Lord has asked us to do this And we believe we lack, within our elder team, the ability to really talk about 
this shared leadership paradigm in a new way because the truth is we've been talking about it for a long time and just have been unable to come up with anything. So we, have, we decided we needed to commission an organizational team. And this team was tasked to come up with the main outline of a new church government structure, an org chart, if you will. In tandem with the elder team, working together with them, but we were, we were trying to pick out individuals who had administrational, organizational, business, other church. Uh, we had a member of, of, of the team at that time who had been part of multiple churches, seen multiple ways of, of doing government. We, worked, they, we commissioned this team to reach out to other churches, look at their models, ask questions, um, we all went through a, a book about shared leadership by a guy named Alexander Straw. You know, we're, we're reaching together. And um, we just want to say thank you to this team. Leah Smucker, BJ Jones, Tasha Kostler, Andrew Baker, Catherine Solbert, Rory Burnett, Ryan Searle, and elder team oversight, that was me at that time, giving hours, you know, prayer, time, agony, discussions for months. It took a toll on this team. And they really poured their heart and soul into it and came up with, through January, February, and March, met together, prayed together, strategized together, and then launched the shared leadership, new structure, um, gave that to the elders, we approved it, and we basically have these three teams now, okay? And you guys are familiar with this. Elder team, admin team, ministry director team. Let's go ahead and flip the page. So the institution, so think about the preparation. May is when we actually began to move into this. So we took January, February, March, April in prayer, in discussion, in in um, fasting, you know, like seeking the Lord. Just so happened at this very same time, we're going through a 21-day fast, so it was helpful. We knocked it out two at one. But the admin team was chosen in May. So the first moving forward was chosen by the elder team in May. In tandem, so the organizational team, the elder team came together, and we chose the admin team. Then the admin team and the elder team went to work praying over interviewing, selecting members of the ministry directorship team. So more strategizing together, praying, seeking. And the last member of a four-member team was approved and commissioned in October. So May, June, July, August, September, October. There's a lot of this is happening behind the scenes, and you guys are going, well, you kept saying big changes and what's happening, but most of it was happening behind the scenes, and it was kind of unfelt. But it was very intentional. And now we come to current, just like the dim mere word picture we mentioned earlier, the main outline and the big picture of God's leadership over our church in bringing us into a more definitive model has been established in our midst. That main outline that we have crossed a threshold of the five guys or six guys or how many elders we have making every decision in this church family to delegation over three teams. And 
we, this is a definitive move towards shared leadership. Now, the finer details, I want to say this clearly. We are all learning, adjusting, and working out these finer details, practical outworkings of how this works. And gang, just think about this. The last member of the ministry directorship team was named in October. All right? My staff salary ended November 1. And that's, that salary began to go to these staff members so they could do their jobs. So in other words, we've only been doing this for eight weeks. Eight weeks. And I just, we want to keep that in mind. This is just the very beginnings. Even though this process of establishing this took us a year, um, we've only been walking it out really for about eight weeks. And so as we're doing this, we are going, whoa, this needs to be adjusted. This has to be talked about, how we sort this out and how this functions. We're doing that together, um, and, and there's a lot to learn and a lot to get better um, within this leadership model, and we are staying flexible in that. Well, I want to say this. We thank God for his faithfulness and leadership and establish these, these changes in our midst, and we move forward in the confidence that he has led us and is going to continue to lead us into maturity, because right now we're not in maturity in this. This is brand new. We need to go into maturity, and, uh, and we believe the Lord's going to continue to lead us into the practicals of how we do church leadership and government at Restoration. And uh, I know that Jeff wanted to comment, and Mark, you're more than welcome to as well, if you have anything you want to add. Yeah, yeah, what I see on this joint leadership is truly bringing the body into their individual ministries as we expand on the shared leadership. This is a huge opportunity for us to come together in unity and stand one another. Uh, yeah, there's been growth and we're still learning it. But the beauty of it is, is basically we're, reach, we're enabling the body to step into their full, full, full ministry and to step forward in, in the shared leadership and be, truly be a part of the church and not just an individual in the church. Yeah, I remember one of the biggest discussions as we were rolling this out, as we just said, hey, we're a little church. Are you sure we have enough people to, to fill all these spots and to take leadership? And it was just like, man, this is what we've been wanting. We've been wanting, we've been feeling like the Lord is leading us. Would you, could we see a rise in church family participation within their giftings together doing ministry at restoration rather than the ministry of just a few? So a much broader platform and more people in their calling. And, and as Jeff and I were having a coffee, that's what we were talking about. One of the things that this is going to and has and will continue to create. Mark, you want anything, you add anything? You don't have to. Smallest background for you guys. I was going to be gone today because Becky and I were at my going to be at my parents and we had car troubles. So everything I'm saying is a little spontaneous. Um, but uh, one of the things I thought at this juncture is is relevant is some of us have a hard time changing, and I don't know how many are in the ballpark with me, but I have very difficult time with change. That's just you. We'll That's pray just for me. You. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. Um, but, you know, I don't want to say too much, but um, there was one time there was this famous prophet here in this church and, you know, um, a lady that had been overseas and she said, 
Mark Thompson, I have a word for you. And I'm like, oh, good. You know, the man of God, you know, the woman of God's going to really encourage me, right? And I get up and she says, your feet are in concrete. And so, um, you know, you don't change very easily. And I was like, yeah, and that is something that's still true. And I see um, as, as a body, you know, when we have fairly major changes, you know, people like me are, are struck with something that we have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work at being flexible and saying, Lord, what are you up to, right? What are you up to? I want to join you or I'm going to push back. And I'm, I'm really talking about me. I'm not projecting on anybody in the room. And so that's been my own challenge about change is saying, okay, this is different because for a long time, you know, the elders were trying to decide everything and we weren't doing that great of a job at it. And that was part of what precipitated even Jim Stern's word to us. And so it's guys like me that have to say, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to embrace what God is doing, recognizing that all change is difficult. Justin said it right. We're not going to do it perfect. We're not going to do it all correctly for sure. Um, so it takes a lot of prayer. It takes some exhortation. It takes some correction. It takes some repentance. It takes all those things. But even a guy like me can, can change, you know. Um, Last thing is there's a show that uh, the Leah Smucker and we love called The Red Green Show. And they're at this lodge in Canada, and the men's lodge, the last thing they do is they say the men's prayer. And they say, um, Lord, I'm a man, but I can change if I have to, I guess. Amen. And so that's, you know, I'm, if anybody feels that with me, I'm telling you I'm in the same boat, is... You know, the stress of change. And some of you guys um, don't even know something different's going on because maybe you're just visiting, maybe you're new. But if you've been around for a while, you say, oh, there's a lot of new things going on. And so it's a season of how do we adjust, how do we shift, have the proper attitude, recognizing, too, we're not doing everything right. There's going to be corrections. There's going to be prophetic people that are going to say, here's the word of the Lord, and we're going to have some public repentance, too. You know, there's things happening that we'll, we'll keep encountering because that's the, the nature of following God is he presses us to repent, to change, to embrace, to do new things. That's how it works with God, right? That's, that's what keeps us moving forward. So, That's good. Yeah, I think um, if just to add thing as I was thinking of you guys talking, I think it's easy to believe that when we're doing it the way that God wants us to, it'll work right. It'll work well and feel good. I mean, then we just have that, you know what I mean? Well, this is Lord led, so it's going to feel good, and it's going to be easy. But the, if we look at the Bible, that's not the case, right? Like the, the things that he calls people to clearly to do stretches them and pushes them, and there's how many of them said, surely not, Lord, right? <laughs> like, this isn't right. Um, and, and the Lord says, no, I'm moving you into a new season in me. So anyway, moving on. Colorado stands versus Israel. This was something massive that happened in 2023 that we believe was led of the Lord. It started, well, in backing up, Restoration Fellowship and this city have had a very strong prophetic 
destiny of being an area of refuge and standing with Israel. And we kind of wrestle with this idea because we'd hear it again and again and again and go, how does that work? Standing with Israel, Colorado stands with Israel, refuge, you know, the area of refuge, restoration um, thing. And we just had, a, we again, saw the outline of it, you know, and said, okay, we, this is you, Lord. We don't really know how to do this. Well, in 2023, right in the beginning of 23, um, in February, I was part of a Zoom call that was uh, with about half a dozen leaders in the state of Colorado where we pray for Israel together once a, uh, actually it's every Thursday. We've been doing it for a long time. And we just doing a regular meeting and, you know, God can do whatever he wants. The presence of the Lord fell on a Zoom call. Right, everybody from their remote locations came under this weight. No one could really talk, and we felt like God was saying. This was in February. We felt like God was saying that we were to gather together and do a season of fasting and prayer together, the six of us, and that we were supposed to gather together though somewhere and do twenty-one days of fasting and prayer. Um, that part maybe not together, but kicking it off together and then going home and and that sort of thing. Well. We get done with that meeting, some things were said, some prophetic words were given, we walk away, and then we call the Holy Spirit swirl. You guys ever been in one of those? Clearly, the activity of God is happening. It's rapid, it's an oh my, it's everybody's doing this, everybody's feeling this, it's out of the box. A few days later, just a few days later, we heard that other leaders were in, within the state were requesting that Zoom call. We're like, how did you even find out about this? There's <laughs> six of us on here. And, you know, their buddies talked to their buddies. And, man, I had an amazing Zoom call prayer meeting, felt the power of the Lord. Ah, tell me about it. Tell me. Man, I'd love to watch that. It went out to like 50, 60 leaders within the state. And they called and said, hey, we want to do this too. We want to do this too. And we're just amazed. You know, we didn't even think that Israel was on people's radar, you know. This is kind of a little bit of an obscure topic within the church. Well, then, the uh, International House of Prayer, along with the Kuhn Ministries, along with, I cannot remember that name of the other one, millions of intercessors, something in the nation's organization, all feeling like they were supposed to fast and pray the same dates that we felt like. And it was interesting, we actually got a call from some of the people there saying, hey, we heard about what Colorado's doing. We're like, What? Colorado's not doing anything yet, you know, it was this Zoom call. And, of course, as many of you know, we went from February of 2023 to starting May 7th with 100 million intercessors worldwide fasting and praying for Israel. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. And the thing that made it interesting for, this, for us and why it was big for restoration is because all of the Colorado Stands with Israel crowd, and even some apart from that, some of the leaders within, you know, the greater global thing, called us and said, it's supposed to be at Pagosa Spring, in Pagosa Springs at Restoration Fellowship. God's going to do something unique. No, no crying, Jeff. In the state of Colorado, and he is going to, he's going to cause Colorado to stand with Israel. Let's go ahead and flip the page. 
So here in the state of Colorado, this initiative just came out of, you know, we just decided, let's call this something. Colorado Stands with Israel initiative was formed to promote the event. It was promoted on radio. It was promoted on television. Um, I found out that when I go on TV, they have to put makeup on my head because of the shine, right? Something new there, mascara on my head. It was decided that the initial kickoff for the state was to be held here and that it was going to be culminated in Denver at a messianic uh, fellowship. And we committed to pray together uh, remotely. So we're going to have an initial kickoff, pray together remotely at various places all over Colorado, and then have a culmination on the 28th. During this time, God stirred up over 2,000 registered intercessors in the state of Colorado who said, we will pray with you together 6 p.m. every night. We're going to join with you if we can in person on the 7th in Pagosa Springs um, and in Denver on the 28th. And so the event kicks off. We had a 12-hour meeting here at Restoration with over 500 individuals joining us in corporate prayer and fasting from all over the state and even outside the state. We held this little church family. Again, I can't, this, if there was ever a part of this, you know, the global recognition, the, uh, you know, the various relationships, going on TV, all that. It, Restoration Fellowship was a, a known name. We actually ended up in Charismatic Magazine. I don't know if you guys knew that. But the, I think the greatest, this is a sign and a wonder from the Lord. And I don't mean that in a comical way. I just mean that in how God convicts the heart, and we know it's him. Because how many of you know you can't stir up people in the flesh to fast and pray? Right? Like, that's not a God-ordained, I want you to fast and pray for 21 days. And we held live prayer meetings every night in this building, and they were attended by around 20 to 30 folks, sometimes more, every single night for 21 days in working, normal people with families pulling it off. And, and just that is a sign and a wonder, gang, that God did something very distinct and very unique here among our church. That was our church family. That wasn't outside. The fruit. Well, following the events of the spring, so that fasting time, the Colorado Stands with Israel initiative was officially formed. It's now a, it's, a, it's, its own organization. It's a 501c3. Um, it's working to equip and encourage the state to continue to stand with Israel through prayer, messaging, and practical needs. Through the month of May and the following months, so we partnered with this organization called Colorado Praise. They joined with us. And through that event, grab this, you guys, they went from 60 partnering churches, so 60 churches within the states that says, we're going to pray for Colorado. We're going to take a day a month and do this. That event stirred up 300 more ministries and churches to join that effort. That's huge, you guys. And so now the state of Colorado has over 400 at this point in time, churches, ministries, prayer rooms who are praying a 24-7 covering over this state. And that was exponentially through the Colorado Stands with Israel initiative and, uh, and through what he did right here at Restoration, what he used us to, to pioneer and start and be a part of. Anybody, you guys want to add anything to that? 
it, it just goes back to what I talked to earlier. When we put on this event, it took the entire church put together. That is for sure. And uh, it's just, it, it hugely impacted me, uh, uh, the prayer and fasting. Uh, Rude, I lost 10 pounds, can you tell? <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, it, it was, especially in these trying times, uh, what, what is going now in Israel has we have cultivated uh, 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 a culture of prayer and lifting up Israel through these tremendous trying times, and it was a predecessor to what God saw, what saw what was coming, and a truly hugely impactful. Yeah, I think we have to look at the fact. Do you want to say anything? That God chose us in that. We didn't request to lead it. Trust me. We didn't say, hey, pick us. The overwhelming sense was Pagosa's significant. We're supposed to meet there. And it was just so, I mean, it's talk about a shoring up of this prophetic destiny. If you didn't believe it, you know, or you had struggling in faith, what does this work? You saw in a moment where God highlighted this city to the state of Colorado and to those around and said, this is an area of refuge city, specifically that's going to stand with Israel. It was, uh, it was phenomenal. Next, food pantry growth and release. So the backstory is uh, a ministry was started here, and I, I was pulling on my archives guy over here. How long, you know, when was this started? And we came up with around 15 years ago, and please give us some grace if we're off on that, around 15 years ago, a food pantry ministry was started here at Restoration. And it had many directors and key volunteers who had carried it and grown it through the years up until 2023. For Restoration, the food pantry ministry was more than an outreach program. For us, it represented partly this calling to be an area of refuge, of supply, you know, giving food within this city. So for us, it was more than just an outreach program. We actually viewed it as, as a way that we were walking out that calling. Well, exponential growth. Through the year of 2022 and into the spring of 23, the food pantry ministry experienced exponential growth in leadership, volunteers, financial strength, and individuals that, that served. So, so people that we actually served with the food pantry. Lastly, the God, God brought a larger facility to handle the growth, and we went from serving a few hundred people a month to a few thousand. Did you guys know that? We went from serving... A few hundred, our numbers were always a few hundred, and we'd, we'd jump up a hundred or two, and that was cool, but we jumped from a few hundred to a few thousand, okay, in the year 2023. And it became incredibly clear to our uh, elder team and the food pantry team that this was starting to become a larger ministry within the body of Christ that wasn't just staffed or led by restoration, just restoration folks anymore. It was growing. We had its neutral location now that wasn't here in the church building. And we decided through prayer and discussion that it was time to actually kind of release or send out the food pantry from being a just a restoration, you know, ministry in that little closet back there to a citywide effort, ecumenical, if you want to use that word, multiple church involvement, um, and we released them to do that. And 
let's look at current on the back page. So now where it's at is this, and this was, ah, man, I, I wasn't great on my dates. Sometime mid-summer, we shifted to that facility, and mid-fall, we said, we need to release you guys. It's, it, this is, the Lord needs to grow this, um, and this is what we need to do. What was once the food, restoration food pantry existing in a 600-square-foot storage room in the back <laughs> through God's leadership became Our Community Eats, a multi-church governed 5,000-square-foot free marketplace where individuals can choose what they want to put in their carts and feed families. The pantry still holds the core value of upholding its calling in the city to be an area of refuge in a time of crisis. That's actually on the website. So that heart of what we saw that representing... This isn't just a restoration outreach program. This is an expression of us being an area of refuge as a city and how God took that in 23 and made that so much more, you know, clear and, and, and strengthened it. Anything you guys want to add to that one? No. A new season for grace. So the backstory. COVID-19 happens, we have a relationship, this is Pagosa Springs, we have a relationship with all the churches, we know their leaders, they know us. We had a kind of a special connection to a lot of the Grace folks, though. And I reached out uh, to Grace, and I actually, I got fact-checked by the archives guy here. Letter A, 2001 is wrong, it was actually June of 2000. June, 2020, 2020, 2000 when I graduated. Sorry. Yeah. 2020, June of 2020, I reached out and said, hey, if you guys can't meet because of COVID shutdowns at the community center, come meet here. And so they started meeting here Thursdays. It moved to Saturdays. It moved to, I can't remember. And finally, you know, we began to share Sunday mornings. In the spring of 2023, Crossroads Church made a move as a church to merge with Grace and to donate their facility to them. And it began this discussion of what does this mean for this shared facility aspect that we're doing with Grace. And in, through the discernment of leadership, we were informed by Grace that they felt strongly that they weren't called to share a facility with us long term. And so we said, okay, what does this mean? And, and when is this supposed to happen? It started that conversation. And um, one thing leads to another. In October of 23, we decided that we needed to shift our services here from 1045 to 10 a.m. And this would allow for what God was doing with us and us to be able to, to uh, really go into the things that we felt God was calling for our services to look like, ministry for restoration, fellowship to happen. And when we let Grace know, we were thinking about a time shift, they said, we think this is our kind of green light from the Lord. It's time for us to get in our own facility. And, um, and so through this process, uh, today marks the first day that Grace is officially in their new building and doing services in their new building. Um, look at letter D, the end of one season, the beginning of a new It's one of the things that we look at when we do this is we, again, we say part of that, we don't know how it feels. 
right? We don't say, God, if, the, if God led this, why does it feel maybe, I don't know, it's not 100% clear. Um, because we liked that, that shared camaraderie we had. We liked being a facility that could provide facility for them and give them strength. And so even within, the, within their, you know, wrestlings as a church and within our wrestlings as a church, we say, we're not sure about this being, you know, that we've just kind of ended relationship. That's not what's happening, but it's shifted. It's changed. They have their own facility now, and we're having a different time start and focusing more on what we need to do with our facility for what God's doing at restoration, that kind of stuff. But this is not a separation from relationship, even though it kind of feels that way. And, um, and we've talked about this. I, I, we're good friends with Grace Leadership, and they're like... It, just because this is Lord, God leading this doesn't mean it's going to feel awesome on every level. But we do feel this is what the Lord wants to do. We're clear on it. So sometimes when God ends seasons, the beginning of a season for grace started in 2020, in June of 2020, a new season. And now they're in a facility over there in a new season. And these changing of seasons are not always glorious prophetic squirrels. Sometimes they're circumstantial, sometimes they're whatever, but we do believe with clarity God shifted a new season for grace and used us to help them get there and giving them their own facility in 2024 through the year 2023. And I know you had a comment about that. Yeah, and uh, and Grace, what I I perceive with grace is, is when we reached out, as Justin, I was, I was new to the board, brand new to the board then, uh, as elder. Uh, when he reached out to Grace, it was to allow them to get offline and get in a facility, and they started over at CC Thursday night. And then the progression that that uh, 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 Justin alluded to, first it was Thursday night, then Sunday night, then it was Sunday morning, the CC, then there was two services in the CC Sunday morning, then they got to the point to where we had to share the facility with them. They not only spanned COVID, they flourished through COVID. We were the transition. We were that, as Justin alluded to, that season. And what a joy to be able to be an integral step into their moving from the Civic Center to nothing to online, to our facility, and now they're, they're prospering. They're doing, a, they have a great outreach, and uh, they have stepped into the facility wholeheartedly and doing well. And it's just like, what a gift we've had to be able to step in and help facilitate that transition and that spot to where when we reached out, we just thought we'd provide an opening for them to meet together. Lastly, thanks, Jeff. Lastly, in your notes, as the worship team comes up, the blessing of youth and children. So for decades, the Lord has established this core value within this church family of whole family ministry. In other words, in the way we kind of word that is, we don't prioritize adults. We prioritize the entire church family. So we try to give as much strength and weight to children as we do for adults as far as ministry strength, leadership, focus. We don't believe in a junior Holy Spirit. 
We, we believe strongly um, that we are called to, to value whole family ministry here at Restoration. And so we've had a focus on children's ministry, on, on youth ministry to a degree. And through 2023, we have seen a significant increase in children, teens, and young adults in this church family. In fact, the growth is so significant that if you look around, if we didn't release kids, and we didn't kind of today, if you were to say, who's under the age of 21, you're going to have 40% of our church stand up. That's significant, right? That is significant. You guys under 21? Never mind. Never mind. Um, so, so currently, we have this blessing of children and youth that God has brought about in 23, and it's caused us to look at through in 24, we need to really make sure that we are stewarding that gift well. And you guys are going to see changes within tribe, within the children's ministry efforts and stuff like that, as we want to recognize, we believe that God brought increase of children, youth, and young adults to Restoration Fellowship and has called us to steward them. And we've got our eyes on that. We've seen this and going, okay, this is a significant growth. And we want to say, Lord, you brought this. We want to respond in 24 to stewarding it well. And I just want to, I don't point out, because I can, because I got the mic. I want to point out Matt and Tasha Kostler, who have who you guys have a gift, and Matt, specifically you, you have a gift to disciple young adults. And I am so encouraged how many leaders. So that's another thing that happened in 23. So not just, we just didn't have teenagers. We had teenagers and young adults who grew exponentially into maturity to a degree that they're ready to step into various leadership platforms and ministry platforms that they weren't ready for in 22. And, um, and we just want to recognize that. Thank you. Well, amen. Amen.